I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm coaching Monica, who reached out to me because she has had a lot of pieces fall into place for her with their health style. She's cooking more. She's exercising more. She's got a mindful eating habit and things are generally great. The only issue is that she has an incredibly stressful job with a very unpredictable schedule. And in this context, it's really difficult for her to not eat out of stress and anxiety. So, and on top of it, her job is to um, be a copy. She's a copywriter for like snacks and food. <laughs> so, so she's thinking about the snacks. She's got this anxious energy, and she finds that she well, she believes that it, it's helpful for her when she gets stuck in like a creative rut to sort of munch on something and chew on something. And she's been using that as a bit of a crutch, but that's not in line with her values, and and it also sort of makes her feel crappy afterwards if if she eats too much. So Monica and I tackle this together and come up with some strategies for her to dispense that anxiety in a way that's more healthy for her and is more in line with how she wants to live. And it's it's tricky. I actually get a little tied up in this episode because it's really difficult to know how somebody can respond to certain things in certain environments. And you know, it's one thing to have a mindful habit when you are at home and everything is under your control. But when you're in an office and there's a lot going on and your schedule's unpredictable and there's a lot of stress, it can be very difficult to implement different strategies. And so it, you know, it's tough for me to know exactly what's going to work for her. Um, But together we sort of go back and forth and try to figure it out. And and she's really awesome because she's very open and honest about what she thinks is going to work and what sounds good and what doesn't. So, you know, if you have a situation in your life where stress is something that leads to eating often, uh, this, this episode is really good for how to go about troubleshooting something like that, because it's not always super obvious. And, um, in Monica's case, she's going to try, like she, she has a bunch of different things she's going to try to use and it's different strategies for different parts of her day, because it's like something that happens so often and so many times during the day for her that, you know, one strategy is probably not going to cut it. And also there's a good lesson here in sort of being okay with lots of little experiments and how to accept that, you know, it's, she's not going to go from like snacking all the day, all day, all the time to not snacking at all. And so she has to be okay with trying something, seeing if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, not just beating herself up about it, but learning from that experience and then deciding what to try next based on what she learned. I think this is a good lesson for anybody in a high stress environment who really wants to get a handle on anxiety and stress eating. So give it a listen and enjoy. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. Hi, Daria. What's going on? Nothing too much. Should I give my whole spiel now? Yeah, give give me some background on on what you're struggling with. Actually, first, definitely thank you for writing Foodist and like basically freeing my life to what a Foodist mentality is like. I read the book maybe two years ago, and since then um, I've lost weight. I definitely feel a lot less stress around just my health style and have really made huge improvements. But there's sort of 
one big thing that's holding me back. And that is that when I'm at work, which is for the majority of my life, I find it hard to stay away from stress eating and that just the nature of my job is kind of always at battle with my health style. Hmm. Well, I'm really glad that you've made progress. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean by the battle. What I do is I am a copywriter at an ad agency and the stress of my job is not to the extent of like a surgeon or I'm not in the Peace Corps. I understand that my job can't be that stressful. It requires a lot of flexibility. My hours can be really varied day to day. So some days I'm done at six and some days I'm done at 10. Um, some days I go in at 7 a.m. and some days I go in at 11 a.m. These sorts of things are super unknown until the day of. Like I'm constantly canceling plans and it's always that flexibility. But my health style relies on habits and routine. Mm -hmm. And those are really hard to kind of maintain. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of it is, I'm not sure if you ever experienced this as a writer. Most of my day is sitting in front of my computer and trying to come up with thoughts and ideas and words. Oh, yeah. All of my good ideas come from chewing on crackers or chips or candy. It's really hard for me to, you know, be crazy stressed all the time, as well as trying to come up with new ideas and not reach for snacks when I'm not hungry. And then a side note, I also, my main clients are fast food and candy brands. Oh, no. (laughs) All day, not only looking at food that's really bad for me, but also it's constantly in mass supply. I live amongst the sugary treats and packaged food all day long. Amazing. So for someone who has like a issue with stress eating, the candy is really like reaching for a sugary snack is the number one way to kind of momentarily relieve my stress. But I always then get tired later on in the day or like my stomach starts to hurt just immediately. So it's kind of like a big umbrella of stress eating, but it's really like there's so many different parts of my job that makes stress eating so easy and so hard to fight back. Okay. So you've got a lot going on. So, but yeah. (laughs) So, but you like, you've had a lot of success too. Yes. How does that, I like didn't hear anything about that. (laughs) Part of my success is that for instance, um, I always mindfully eat breakfast, like whether I'm at home or at work, like I'm always eating breakfast mindfully and So just that alone, I took a single egg out of my diet every single day because I realized I only needed one scrambled egg and not two. Wow. I used to work out really intensely for about four weeks at a time and then not at all for about four months at a time. And now I have a really, not routine, but a regular workout schedule where I'm a lot more flexible. Sometimes I can, like I consider yoga a workout now, as opposed to before I'd be like, if I don't want to kill myself and I'm not working out at all. <laughs> good, good. That's a, that's a hard mental transition to yeah. make. I know. I used to binge eat like crazy. I'd get home from work and just destroy two, three, four servings of whatever dinner I had made myself, which was a microwavable dinner or um, something I got from Seamless or something um, like box sushi that I picked up uh, on the way home. So like my cooking has grown exponentially. I cook way more and way healthier stuff. And I no longer see something as beneficial as right, like as rice as a bad thing. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, mental dieting things that I overcame. 
like not eating any grains, killing myself at the gym and just feeling like a garbage person every time I overeat. <laughs> Got it. So you, you do have, you've managed to find time to incorporate mindful eating, have a regular exercise habit and cook pretty often. Yes. That's amazing. First of all, good, good job. Thank you. Because <laughs> it sounds like you're really under a lot of stress and have a really hard working schedule. So I know that that couldn't have been that easy to set up, but you did it. Yes. Cool. And I feel like I'm not maxed out. Like I feel like there's other home court habits I can incorporate and there's improvements I can make, but it seems like the hours I spend at work are so kind of, they're almost like a black hole. Like I walk into the office and then they all disappear into non-health style land and then I walk out and I'm back in my health style. Good thing you have it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to have the stamina to like have that kind of job is, yeah. you know, like, like those self-care practices become more important, not less important, even though it feels like you have less time for them. Yeah, I guess my job is demanding. But when I always think of it in context of like other jobs in the world, I think that it's super easy peasy. And it's just that I'm very demanding. But it, I agree that there is, it does take a lot of, especially creative energy to, to do what I do throughout the day. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, yes, like there are people with hard, like other people with hard lives, but that doesn't like diminish your, like the difficulty of having an unpredictable schedule or working long hours or having to be creative, like on the spot all the time. Right. That's still all valid as hard. Like you can still count that as hard. Okay, good. My life is very hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's actually important because I, I know what you mean. It's like, it's like sort of like first world problems sort of thing. Mm. Like that idea that like, well, I'm not suffering like some people are suffering. So my suffering kind of doesn't count as much. Yeah, I definitely think like I wouldn't count my job as one of the most difficult in the world. But for some reason, it's like just enough challenge that makes me um, like eat an entire pizza for lunch. Yeah. And by the way, like, I will go even further and say that in my experience, times in my life that have been the hardest have been when I've been doing very demanding intellectual work. Like, I, I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm sh- in my life, I've spent summers painting houses and like doing all sorts of stuff that like is like physical stuff. And, and that's certainly hard in a certain way. But like, there's nothing like studying for molecular and cell biology finals at Berkeley. Like there's nothing like writing a book. You know what I mean? Like that, because your brain uses 20% of your calories. 20%. Yeah. It's a hu- huge amount. I remember like taking the SAT. And I think um, when I got out, I've never felt that kind of hunger before in my life as after taking a six or seven hour test. And I definitely get that kind of creative. It's like my brain, once my brain is a squeezed lemon, my body is spent too. And it needs kind of something to do to keep, you know, to gas up the tank again. Yeah. And it's so night and day compared to the weekend. So during the weekend, I could work out, go to the um, grocery store, you know, uh, meet up with friends, do a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's 3 p.m. and I realize I didn't eat all day or I realize that I didn't crave a snack all day. But doing work all day has the opposite effect. It's like all I can do is think about food and or what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I just want to give you a little bit of a, a hall pass here and just say that it's that these are legit reasons to be to feel that way. Thank you. So yeah, like I don't I don't think that like like it's some like weakness that you have in particular is is what I'm trying to say. It's like 
that well, like it sounds like the the environment you're working in is conducive to, you know, needing more energy, like feeling, you know, it's 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 tough. And it that's like it's worth acknowledging that because, you know, it's gonna take some creative thinking in this session and, and, and on your part, you know, after this to be able to cope with all that. It's not like just something you can be like, well, I should just be tougher because this isn't really hard. Yeah. I feel validated. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So end of session. I feel validated. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And then I also note that the place that I work, because it is like corporate New York, cool agency life has a fully stocked 24 seven bar. So not only is there like, if something's stressful, there's a candy or, um, a sugary snack. There's also a case tequila. Of beer, <laughs> tequila and anything you could possibly want at three in the afternoon. Amazing. So temptations abound. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's talk about what are the consequences of this thing. So it's bugging you for what reasons? So I think one of the reasons that I, it bothers me is purely uh, principle. I know that I could have a better health style, but this is kind of feels like it's it's getting in my way. And so there's that that block of just feeling like this is an obstacle and I want to conquer it. And then So it's not in line with your values. Yeah, exactly. It's totally not in line with my values. I want to be someone who listens to my body and eats when I'm hungry, not eats when I'm stressed, bored, happy, sad, all the other emotions that are not hungry. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is really, you know, body wise, when I'm really, really full, it has the opposite effect on my brain as I want. I can't think of anything else. Um, When I am craving snacks, again, I can't think of anything else until I have what I want. So it kind of like is taking up a lot of mental space that I could be using to get better at my job, learn new things, literally do anything else. Um, And then the last one is that when I eat a lot of sugar, my tummy hurts and I feel tired, like a small toddler. (laughs) My tummy hurts. Um, I have a question. Can you clarify? You said when you're full, you don't feel like you want to feel like what? Oh, it's like, um, you know, when you eat so much that you kind of get like a lethargic fog. Oh, so you're overeating. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just that you're choosing bad things, you're choosing bad things and eating too much of them. Yeah. Or um, for instance, I work very close to a sweet green. So I'll have a really great salad for lunch. And then directly after that, I'll have um, four candy bars. And so it's kind of not just the, it's the compilation of good and bad and way too much. I see. Those, yeah, those are serious big salads. Yeah. And I eat the whole thing. And it's, I know if I packed a salad myself that was um, in a Tupperware, I would never eat an entire harvest bowl. Those things have like eight sweet potatoes in them. (laughs) But they're so delicious. (laughs) That's funny. I've I've eaten a lot of sweet green myself. Okay. So I see what you're saying. So this is more, there's more going on here. So you're not just eating for energy. You're not just eating because you're tired. You're actually eating to the point that makes you tired. Yes. Okay. So it's actually having a detrimental impact on your work. Yes, definitely. I could be so much more efficient. <laughs> Which is exactly what you need. But no, seriously, like, yeah, no, that, that it sucks to work under non-optimal conditions just for your own brain. Yeah. 
I've had my brain be really great to me sometimes. And like, it comes up with really badass ideas and it, and it works really well. <laughs> and I'm really focused. Um, so if I could reach that like optimal brain power at all times, that's ideal. I guess it's, it's kind of like chasing something that doesn't exist, especially in a creative industry. I remember one time I had a great idea or a few times I had a great idea and maybe I was eating nachos or whatever at the time. And it's like, you're always chasing that feeling. I guess you, you, I mean, obviously you've written a book. There's what writers call being in heat where you're like writing and it's fervorous and it feels so good. It's like a writer's high and you just want to catch that feeling again of like your brain's going. And, um, for me, that's, I always feel like chewing something or, or getting a snack in like makes me feel that kind of fervorous energy. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So you associate that with nachos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I associate it with nachos and, um, a, a specific candy they have at work that, uh, you can suck on for a really long time. So it's like, it's like a hard candy. And I always associate that with being like really in the groove, even though I've never, I think had a really great idea on a hard candy. How did that association get formed? I think it's a weird, I don't know if this is the word for it, but almost like an oral fixation where once I had in my mind that chewing gum or chewing mints or like uh, chewing candy or popcorn or like things that it's almost like fidgeting but with my mouth, which makes me sound like I'm going psycho, like typing on my laptop and fidgeting with my mouth. It's a little confusing because, but I like, I can kind of see what you're saying, like almost like smoking or something like, or chewing gum. Yeah. Like, so it's not because, because what you're describing to me, I would guess would deplete your creative energy because eating nachos and chips and candy creates like imbalances in your blood sugar and destroys your brain power and makes it harder to get into a creative energy filled zone. But you've somehow associated like the act of being orally chewing on something as being a positive with creativity. Yes, definitely. I think that um, it's a total cognitive leap. I know that these things are making me less efficient, but for some reason, my brain is going, you're not coming up with anything or you're not being productive. If you had something to numb on, or if you just had like a little, you know, craving like a little donut or like a donut hole, even it would make you work better. Oh, so it's almost like taking away the anxiety of not having an idea. Oh, it's, like, I feel like it's definitely anxiety. <laughs> I see. I see. So you have like anxious energy because you know, you have to work, you know, you need to like have the like lightning bolt strike and you're not there yet. And you've like the times tick, the clock's ticking and like, you should be working. And if that like, and so you feel like this is something you can do to maybe discharge some of that energy so you can actually focus and like, yeah, I feel like, like I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. And I take it. You, it sounds like you've tried substituting with gum. I've tried gum, which I didn't like because after you chew on it a while, it ends up just tasting gross. 
So then yeah. you kind of want to put something tasty in your mouth to get rid of the crispy. <laughs> I've also, something that has helped a little bit is um, it's a definite crutch. And I know that it's not really helping, but I'll stock my desk with snacks that are healthier versions of what I want. So those like Justin's um, dark chocolate peanut butter cups or um, those super salty pistachios from Trader Joe's. Uh, those things I still snack on when I'm not hungry, but at least they don't make me get that like processed, sweaty, uh, gross feeling of when I eat, you know, a real peanut butter cup or, um, a bag of chips or something like that. Right. Okay. So yeah. So, but, th- but you're still having, yeah, it's, well, I don't know. Is that, do you have any other problem? Like, are you like gaining weight or is there any other reason that it has to be subs- like, stopped completely? I'm not gaining weight. I still have been losing weight since reading Foodist just because, you know, being aware of the issue does help a little bit. Um, it's, it's just kind of that I know it's a self-improvement issue. If, uh, if we're always, do you want, do you just want this problem to to be different? I just don't want to have a problem. (laughs) You just don't want to have a problem. Okay. Okay. Then let's talk about it. Cause yeah, I wanted to like, make sure that this was like urgent for you in in a way other than that, you know, that, that, that isn't as like, let's swap it out with something healthier because you're eating Like if you're eating and you're not hungry and you're doing it all the time and you're using it as a way to discharge anxiety and you wish you weren't, that's different from, that's different from I'm going to eat myself into a diabetic coma or something like that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, and it's also like something that like, you know, like if, the the outcome is like the question is like what's the outcome right like if you um if you're if you have anxiety around your job and you're solving it with food versus sol- like solving it like in your mind you know like resolving it <laughs> that that's a different thing yeah and it sounds like that's what you want i just wanted to make sure that that's what you want yes that sounds like what i want okay <laughs> yes i'm like i mean it- Regardless, I'm going down this path now. We're going to cure my anxiety. It'll be cured in, in 20 minutes. <laughs> right. So it's worth just pausing and saying, like, just being very clear about what is going on here. Right. So and it sounds like you have a pretty good idea. Like, does anxiety specific around, like, needing, wanting to feel productive and creative? I think so. I have, like, normal anxiety. Like, anxiety is something that I have outside of the realm of health and diet, just as a thing. And it usually is centered around time and sometimes productivity, but it is a feeling of, of rush and anticipation and feeling like things need to get done or that there's not enough time to do things to the extent that it can make my heart start to beat really fast and make me feel quite out of control. Okay. And how have you dealt with that in how have you dealt with that in like other realms? Like, have you yeah. taken therapy or anything like that? Yeah, I've definitely done um, loads of talk therapy, but most of those kind of help with the actual anxiety attack where it's kind of, you know, when it gets to a point of feeling like I can't breathe, how do I calm myself back down? I but, so it's super acute. Yes, it's very acute. But when it comes to everyday anxiety of just, hey, I need, I actually need to get things done, the kind that is both helpful and hurtful because it does help me get things done. 
I don't have a ton of tools around that that have worked. Because if I did, let's say I did deep breaths to help with my everyday anxiety, I would be deep breathing, I'd say 14 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Got it. Um, Okay. So it's interesting that you said that your anxiety helps you get stuff done. Yes. I mean, being type A is way better than being type B. (laughs) Cause I am like on it all the time, getting shit done. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Being uh, super productive. Like I'm a morning person since I was like four years old, just getting up and like getting ahead. So yeah, being anxious is really helpful in being successful, but it also is hurtful in that it, it makes me, I guess what you would call crazy. <laughs> I guess what you would call nuts. Um, um, It's interesting because like you feel like your anxiety is motivating then. Yes, it's definitely motivating, but it also makes me snack. I'm realizing now. Yes. Do you feel like you would not be motivated without the anxiety? That's a heavy question because it's basically if I wasn't motivated to compete or be the best or, you know, have that extra motivation to go above and beyond would I want to just based on the passion of my like career of the passion of creativity and I think I would uh I think that the anxiety does help me succeed at what I do but I it's not the motivating factor of why I do what I do I see so it's kind of a fine line it sounds like because you know, on one hand, there is, I mean, I guess you can say that being competitive is like a result of anxiety, but, and that like, that is motivating. But gen- I mean, cause just cause the reason I ask is because generally when I think about anxiety, I think about it as something that inhibits success because it takes your mind, which should be focused on your goal and on your passion and, t- and puts it elsewhere and puts it on fear of your performance, you know, distraction from the task at hand. Yeah. I think I would love it if I could be quick thinking without being anxious. I would love it if my brain could bop around from thought to thought, because that's where, you know, great ideas come from is just a random thought or just, um, you know, the, I would love to keep the quickness of my brain. If my brain would just stop at the idea and then not also go to, um, anxiety. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's kind of my brain just spiraling and spiraling until it's like, pie sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it sounds like in your mind, you sort of associated those two things, but I, I would postulate that they are dissociable. Yeah. I think it, it's a, like if I'm visualizing it, it's like there's um, a bounce, a bunch of, a bunch of bouncing balls that bounce up and down, like in sync. And that's my brain like pumping out ideas and um, just having a good time writing. And then the anxiety is like when all those balls kind of get shook up and it's like, it looks like a, you know, a madhouse handball court in my brain. (laughs) Like those two things, like I like the idea of everything kind of moving quickly, but I don't like the idea of everything moving. Like chaotically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. It's it's just, it's just interesting. I, I, you know, I, I, I worry a little bit about um, if you have like too much positive association with the anxiety that it'll be hard to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be an issue. That's definitely an issue. Because I mean, specifically because you're not motivated to get rid of it. So if you if you 
have the anxiety and you want to resolve the anxiety, like you have to have a way of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, like there's like you have to have a strategy that's not eat. Mm-hmm. There are there are plenty of techniques for that, <laughs> but I have to make sure that you want to do them. Yes. I think that resolving my anxiety would be good. It's I'll have to try a few different things to figure out what works. I feel like because um, like I said, like deep breathing, it, it kind of makes me feel like, wow, I would I, I will become a mouth breather if I deep breathe as often as I probably should. Um, yeah, no, that's a little intense. So yeah. we can maybe find something less less intense than that. Yeah. Um, I've always found with like the actual anxiety attacks, I'm feeling my body in space. So, you know, feeling my butt to the chair, feeling the, the sensation of my back to a chair or like on my bed has been really helpful just in kind of calming me down. Um, but I wonder if there's like a way to do that. It's a quick hit. I'm, I'm in space you know, like that body calm. Yeah, yeah. And that and that is definitely the right track. So what what happens, right, with anxiety is you get in your head. Mm-hmm. Right? And and also it's in your body. So it's it's sort of like and it's like a, a two-way f- <laughs> so your your brain thinks shit I got to be working. Mm-hmm. And that like is a a motivation like I should be doing something. Like your, your brain sort of translates that into like energy. Like I need to be doing something. So I have energy. So here's what like your brain starts like pumping out energy. And that goes to your body, right? Like you have adrenaline, your that's why your heart starts pumping and you start fidgeting. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you've got all these like action hormones like coursing through your blood and through your body. And then your brain is like, my heart's pumping and I want to fidget. I better do something about that. <laughs> you know, and so it like it's like it kind of goes it feeds on itself and it just escalates and escalates. And all of that is like happening in a, in a realm of your life that's like in your head. Like it's like not really, it's not what you want to be doing when you're trying to work, mm-hmm. right? Like that whole cycle is counterproductive for you. Yeah. So the goal is to learn how to break it. Mm-hmm. to learn how to like break it. And so when you like, when you're having your, your anxiety attacks, that's what you, you've been taught to do, right? With your training on that is like really get grounded. But it's the same basic principle for even a more mild thing. And that is to get back in touch with the present moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when you say your body in space, like that's what it is. Like here I am now, me here now. Mm-hmm. And because when, when you do that, by definition, you're back in reality and not in your head anymore. Mm-hmm. So anything that can put you back into now and something real, and, and that's probably why you like chewing on something, you know, because it's like it, it, it discharges some of that energy, but it's also very like tangible. Yeah, it feels like it would be cathartic, but it's the feeling in my mouth of something that's kind of active. Right, right. So you can so so one one thing you can do is discharge that energy by doing something active. So you like you said chewing is one thing. You could like have a little twirly wand in your hand or <laughs> you know what I mean like those fidget toys? Yeah, you could do one of those fidget toys. So that's another option. Or you can find a, a you know another anchor. Another it's kind of like in um inception like those like little the totem the totem, like you need like a totem to like bring you back to reality. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be like a, an, in- te- like if your body's not totally freaking out, 
Like if it's just like a little bit of like anxiety, you don't have to have like a full meditation, deep breathing session. Mm-hmm. You know, it can just be any like a check in. When you say an anchor, like the totem, are you talking about something that I, I, you know, like the fidget toy that I spin or play with? Or is it something like on my desk that I, I recognize as being like a real thing that kind of snaps me out of like a dream? Well, this is up to you. So you can try it. You can try a lot of things. So, I mean, the, the tip, the traditional one is the breath, mm-hmm. right? Just, and it doesn't need to be a deep breathing exercise. It can just be count, you know, following your breath for like three deep breaths or three regular breaths. I mean, mm-hmm. or you can do, um, I don't know if you've uh, tried the four, seven, eight breaths. It's sort of like a, it's like four breathing session. Yeah. It's literally four breaths. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you breathe in, you close your eyes, you breathe in through your nose for four seconds, you hold it for seven seconds, and then you breathe out of through your mouth for eight seconds and you just do it four times. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like that's not really what you want, but you know, it's, at least it's a shorter version of yeah, meditating, right. <laughs> of like a deep breathing exercise that yeah. to calm a panic attack. I think I, I have heard of, uh, I think in one of your other podcasts, I heard of the four, seven, eight breathing. And I think I could do like at least two deep breaths. Like that sounds like a manageable amount that I could work up two to four. So I feel like that would work as far as having something anchoring on my desk. Like I'll just put my copy of Foodist and like it will remind me <laughs> of what is real. Um, or, you know, I have, I think I have like the stand downstairs from my office sells like fidget cubes and fidget toys and fidget things. And then probably utilizing the, I don't know if this is a real thing or if it's something I made up, but the, the walk to the bathroom, um, like walk or the walk to the get water as like a mindful time of walking. Cause, um, I know people are always like, Oh, well, you got to get out of your office, take a walk around, which I do. I try to do that at least once a day, but sometimes I need another walk in mm-hmm. my day. That's not down the block. So, you know, just walking like to the far bathroom across the office and like really taking my time with it, I think maybe could help. But yeah, I think all of these things are just tools that I have to deploy and see how they go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. I like the walking idea. I mean, generally this is just a, a mental skill, like a mental habit. Mm -hmm. Right. So step one is sort of recognizing the pattern, you know, like the way it feels in your body is an urge to snack. Yeah. Right. So you're like, Oh, like I'm sitting at my desk. I kind of have to do this thing. And like, God, pretzels (laughs) pretzels <laughs> or whatever. And, um, and so that's how it feels. And, and to, to just be aware that like when you feel an urge like that, to just be like, Oh, check in, mm-hmm. like, is there anxiety somewhere? And, just, and like, just sort of locate it somewhere in your body. Have you done that? I feel like I've tried it once and was unsuccessful and then didn't try it again. So this could just be, um, I need to try harder to do that. Mm, I don't like that answer. <laughs> Um, trying harder really works I've had like anxiety that makes me feel like I feel like snacking and I feel like what I did is I tried to uh have you heard of like you try to put it off for like a few minutes and then if Mm -hmm. you survive those few minutes then you can have it but it's like the urge to snack has gone beyond a few minutes so it kind of was null and void but I think if I now that I know that the snacking isn't just an urge to snack, but it's actual anxiety and using, instead of just trying to wait it out, 
to actually locate it and then feel the, um, like feel it in my body and, and, uh, and understand what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's actually really powerful. Um, so just, I mean, oftentimes, and and you know this cause this is the technique you use for your, your other anxiety situations. It's like, if you can find it, often you realize it takes this, like the, the urgency away from it. Like it diffuses it a little bit. Cause it's like, Oh, my, my heart's doing the thing. Oh, the, yes. This, yeah, 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 yeah. I know this, you know, and like it becomes a familiar thing and you're like, it's, it's fine. I can handle, like I can survive this. This is not necessarily a thing. And then that suddenly you're back in the present moment, mm-hmm. you know, you're out of your head. You, you've like sort of laughed at your head a little bit. Yes. <laughs> you know, it like puts you in a situation where you can sort of laugh at yourself and then you can be like, okay, like, do I need pretzels right now? <laughs> okay. Like I'm fine for a minute, you know, and, and try to get back to your work and that, that can break the cycle. And I think that's sort of the type of type of thing you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I, I definitely, uh, I agree. I think I think you might be onto something. I think you might be right. <laughs> like it honestly sounds like something that will happen daily. That daily I can, you know, work on and help really relieve my anxiety. And definitely not gonna happen by next week or maybe even next month. But it's like, uh, as much as I had to work on my anxiety uh, in other situations, like this will be another just mental exercise kind of like anxiety is something I have and this is what I do for it. Right. Exactly. And, and, and I, and you have the exact right idea around it as well. Like the, it's, you know, I'm, 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 I'm struggling a little bit because I don't know how hard this is for you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I don't know how realistic the things I'm offering are like, if it's constant, like, is it all day? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, something that can be diffused and you're good for a couple hours or is it like going to happen again in 10 minutes? Um, I'd say that it happens more like the longer I've been working. So in the morning, it's really, you know, I never have a, I never really snack in the morning on candy or anything because, you know, I don't feel like it. And then it's like, as I begin to get more mentally spent and like it gets later in the day and the deadline gets closer, then that's kind of when my snacking it's more frequent, which makes sense because that's when my anxiety can get more frequent because it's like, you know, the stress du jour is like kind of just on my mind. I do think it's, it is a daily problem, just anxiety and stress. I mean, stress for anyone is a daily problem, but I don't think it's totally out of the question to think that of the anxious feelings I have throughout the day, maybe three or five times a day that like one of every day I'll be able to kind of chill myself out or like, you know, for at least a few hours. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. So this is going to be a process of trial and error and like, yeah. And like, exactly. I wouldn't necessarily expect like it to disappear overnight. Like it's the type of thing where you try some stuff, you know, maybe what works in the morning or like in the early afternoon is not going to be sufficient for what happens in the late afternoon, you know, like, you'll have to do these experiments in your day to figure out what works for you. And maybe, maybe the goal isn't zero, <laughs> you, know, maybe the, you know, maybe the goal is just like cutting in half the amount of snacking you're doing or yeah, cutting it down in half and then making those snacks healthier because what, what you really don't want, like you really don't want to be eating 
like you said, to the point where you're, you don't feel good anymore and it's actually having a negative impact on your work. If you can, you know, cut, you know, ha- maybe manage the anxiety a little bit or, or, or part of the way. And then from there, you know, replace the snacks with something that's not going to make you feel so crappy. Then like the problem's kind of solved. Right. But it's not like this perfect, like, you know, I'm just like the Buddha sitting at right. work and like banging out copy. <laughs> like, cause, cause like, that's not, that's just not realistic, but it's going to be the thing where like, especially because your, your schedule's all over the place. And your energy level is going to be all over the place for that reason, you know, because like you said, you're not in a habit type situation. So you're going to have to be really open minded and really experimental and be like, okay with like it failing a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, And that's that can be really hard for people. But it sounds like you kind of are like ready for that. I'm using my Skype with you as a starting line, but like, I don't know where the finish line is. So it's kind of like, I'll just keep chugging along until I get there. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's great. And so you can like sort of take a day at a time and, and, and just, and use, I mean, and this, this is one of those situations where it's important to use every yeah. success and every failure as a data point. Right. And be really, and like when it does break down, be like, you know, I thought this would work this time, but it didn't. Why? Why? What ha- What was special about today? <laughs> you know, is it because I'm working on the candy job? <laughs> you know, is it? Is it like, like, what is it today that's causing this issue? And and then coming up with a new hypothesis or for something else that might work for that kind of situation, and just and getting to a point where you're happy. You know, where it doesn't need to be perfect, but it's like you're fine with the way it's going, and you don't have that. You know, the the thing where it's totally contradicting your values as who you want to be. Yeah. I think that sounds good. Sweet. Yes, I am. I'm like, um, <laughs> Are you good? yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I think that this is like good. This is going to be, this is going to be good. Cool. Can I ask you what's the first thing you're going to try? I think the first thing I'm going to try is the, um, locating the feeling in my body just because that was kind of like working for the heavier ones. Um, and so, if it usually it's a feeling in my stomach. Um, and so like seeing if just locating it and, uh, like giving it proper thought to be like, Hey stomach, you're feeling anxious. Let's calm down and maybe taking like a deep breath or two. That's what I'm going to try to start with. Yeah. So we'll see how that one works. That could be, I think good for the afternoon. And then for like later in the day, if I'm really tired, uh, that's where I might try to like walk up and get some tea or like, fill up my water bottle because I think that is more active and like will help me a have more caffeine if it's caffeinated tea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. And and it might be something like that, like definitely like a combination of different techniques for different types of situations and taking it from there. Great. And definitely you're you're, that's, that's awesome. And definitely keep in mind that all those other self-care things that you're, you've built up from, from foodists, you know, the cooking and the, and the mindful breakfast and the, the exercise, all of that helps this, like all of it gives you the fuel, the energy, the mental practice that you need to get through this stuff. I mean, you're just in a very, you're in a very intense situation. And so it's all like compressed and, um, 
but like you can totally bring in those other things and those yeah. other lessons and and mitigate it, I think. I think so. I never thought I'd be eating one scrambled egg for breakfast, but here I am. And so I feel like I've had success in the past. Like this will just be <laughs> another sort of um, another task in my uh, lifelong health style adventure. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are new health styles. That's great. Awesome. Well, please keep me posted. I'm very curious how you figure this out because... Me too. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. And it's not, it's, it's not something I've dealt with before. So good luck. I'm like a guinea pig. It'll be fun. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you, Monica. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.